Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Coach Chiesa coming up here momentarily. Get his thoughts, obviously, on the finals. You know, Jake, on further reflection, I'm sorry I threw water all over your big moment over the weekend. I apologize, my friend, because I know that uh, (laughs) you were updating me (laughs) on a daily basis about adventures at home. And uh, I should I should celebrate that moment. So sorry <laughs> telling you that it wasn't exactly an original idea. But uh, I, I, I apologize. I expressed some of my anxieties to you personally last week. And you and made it so through. You I made was, it through. I was at least expecting a, hey, how'd it go? Good job. No, I, I was expecting at least like, my well-being crossed your mind over the weekend. <laughs> it did, and and it, it did. did. It it didn't, because you didn't ask me about it. <laughs> I had to beg you to ask me about it. But that's all right. You know, it's oh, fine. No, Jake. You know what? I'm, I, I I'm think fine. that that would have been. I did think. I did empathize with you because I was thinking. I put myself in those shoes, and I, I think you did a, a really fine job, Jake. So. Congratulations. Really. So when you made it about you, then you realized it was a mistake? No, just that everybody can relate to that. It's <laughs> on some level. Let's get out to the smart, uh, smart Rain special guest line, Gordon. Should we talk some basketball? I bet, I bet you, can get some, this? you can get some empathy from, from Coach. I don't, I don't need it anymore. I'm fine. <laughs> I already, it, you don't need it? You don't want I it? I already, because of this, have had my wife say that she's never leaving town again, so that's nice. <laughs> Uh, out to the Smart Rain special guest line we go. It's no mystery. Utah is in extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Longtime Utah Jazz assistant coach, our good friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa. What's up, Coach? Guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. Gordy, I just apologized to Jake, and he rejected my my apology like uh, like a, like one uh, of Mark Eaton's old uh, block shots. I you know I I tried to apologize, didn't accept it. Sometimes Jake is, Jake is very troubled. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Sometimes I'm troubled with I'd, one relationship today in particular. I deserved it probably. <laughs> tell you the truth, Gordy. It's, it's all good, Coach. Of course, Gord. I always forgive Gordon. He's my radio partner. You've been in the radio biz, Gordon. You know, or uh, Coach. You know how it goes. Well, I guess very Gordon much. Too. Absolutely, yeah. he's your partner, and he's your partner in crime, also. There you go. <laughs> That's the you know you and Scotty G were partners once Correct. upon a time. Correct. Yes, and we I, were. And you guys allowed me to tag along, so I. Yes, I felt we were. I, you I were at that time, Jake. You were young, enthusiastic, and you did a great job. Yeah. Uh, Coach, let's talk about what's going on in the NBA Finals. Uh, I want to get your quick overall take, but there are plenty of specifics to get into. But uh, what do you think about what the Bucks are doing? It's spectacular. They are absolutely playing at a high level. The three stars truly are executing under pressure, and all three are different skill sets. Well, you know, Giannis, open floor transition, that incredible drive game. Uh, Drew Holiday, as far as being a timely shooter, superior defensive player and playmaker, and Chris Milton, Jake and Gordon, this guy has got game where he's a clutch shooter, both three-point range and also the middle game, but it's when he makes them. And from the other side of it, 
if Devin Booker makes that shot, it's a, it's a tie score in a game five. And Chris Paul played tremendous in the game, and all the other guys, they're competing. This is one of the most fun series of uh, two truly equally equated teams and may the best uh, organization win tomorrow night or in game, uh, game seven on Thursday. So, Gordy, tell me if I'm being biased in this observation, but I told Jake earlier that it seems like the, the way the Bucks comport themselves on the court is advanced over what we see out of the Suns with all the complaining to the officials and all that sort of thing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. So, if you complain once in a while on a tough call, the refs really do listen to you. Where they say subconsciously, especially in playoff games, where maybe I missed it. But if you complain all the time, the reps are absolutely uh, will never listen to you. And uh, I call it get some street cred during a game. So the question is, like, when do you think you got bumped all the time? So every time that Devin Booker and often Chris Paul, when they drive to the best and there's some sort of contact, they're looking, they're barking at the official. You can't do that. You've got to play through calls, both mentally and physically, because knowing that when there was a when there is a bump foul, they're, they're going to give you that call, which is which is absolutely critical as far as getting to the foul line and sticking to. So you've got to play through contact. Coach, what did you think about that? Uh, you know, soon to become infamous play where Drew Holiday got the steal and then hit uh, Giannis with the alley oop, and Chris Paul got the foul. What? Uh, it, Take us through that. What, uh, what made that play so great? Well, what happened was that Devin Booker, he penetrated into the lane and made a half-spin dribble, and he was trying to get separation. And Drew Holiday was guarding Chris Paul, who made a drift cut from middle to the, to the uh, we call it the uh, hybrid area. But which, what Drew did was that he perfectly timed his footwork to get a ball strip. So a lot of times when the guys go for steals, whether it's a low, low post, at that time it's in the middle in a, in, a, um, in a high-painted area, is that what guys do wrong is that they go where the guy started his move, and when the guy um, makes a spin out of it, it's too late and they foul. What Holiday did was the perfect read where when Booker started his move, he waited, and when he got more into his move, the second layer of his move, Holiday got the strip. So it was a perfect example of a dig-out defender of, um, of organization, both mentally and not fouling him, but really grabbing the ball. It was a strip, really grabbed the ball out of, out of Booker's hand. Now they come in transition, and then Chris Paul's the back defender with disadvantage. And in true holiday, Giannis was yelling for the ball. So Drew, uh, he, he threw a perfect law pass to a kangaroo jumper, meaning Giannis, and he finished. And that was an incredible Bang, bang, play. You steal, lob, dunk. One of the all-time great steals. And Jake and Gordon, it reminded me of yesteryear, Jake, in my much younger days back in 1998 in Game 6 when Michael Jordan did the exact same uh, cerebral steal when the Jazz run the classic fist one play where Hornacek screens when small screens on big. So Jeff screened, uh, Jordan's guarding Jeff. Jeff screens on uh, Dennis Robin to free up call, which he did. It was a great screen. Call comes across the lane and gets the ball in the mid block. Jordan goes to the midpoint line, meaning the basket line. And he never did this ever the whole game, Jake and Gordon. He went in the backside and he stole the ball from call from the baseline side. 
Now he comes on in transition. Instead of taking a quick jumper, he angles over to the left wing and comes back middle. Whether he pushed off or not, it's irrelevant. He made a wicked crossover dribble and put a dagger against the Jazz with um, with um, 5.2 seconds. He makes that 17-foot uh, uh, pull-up jumper to put the bu- uh, Bulls up 187-86. That was your reminder, Jake. Yeah, in both yeah. in both cases, uh, a collision of uh, the moment and opportunity. Yeah. And- only it seems like only great players can do that very much and Gordon getting back we always talk about on the on the air about being a two-way player you see so you've got it in the fourth quarter of a playoff game I get it you're a scorer there's so much energy and mental uh, fatigue uh, about scoring the ball when you're an elite player to get your team to, to in, into the fourth quarter slash finish line. But in the fourth quarter, I don't care if you have two fouls, five fouls, you have to guard your position because every possession is magnified tenfold. And so the three buck guys, the meaning the main players, they guard their position. And that's why they have a chance to be world champions because the trio of them are, are two-way gamers. Jake is really hoping for a trend here. Jake, yeah. tell him tell him what you think. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping other players who are are looking, you know, all current NBA players down to young kids are are looking at the value that these two way players bring to the table and being the difference between not winning a title and winning a title. And frankly, NBA execs start rewarding two way players a little bit more. You know, I hope it becomes a trend all the way down the line. Jake, well said. So let's go in jazz basketball on 1280 of the zone. Is that so now if I'm Donovan Mitchell and if I'm Jordan Clarkson, oh, by the way, you have to guard the dribbler. I mean, I know it's, it's very difficult, but you've got to compete on the ball. So we, we use the expression all the time, on ball, off ball. You're on the ball, you've got to be in a stance. You've got to move your feet. You have to limit the dribble penetration. I get it. These are the world's greatest players with, with rocket first step. I understand it, but you've got to compete on the ball. Off the ball, you need early ice where that you read plays, You're, you cause havoc. The ball's in the air. I'm already in position to get a steal or create a walking violation or create an offensive foul. And in, in jazz basketball, the jazz need those guys to go from being elite scorers and Jordan Clarkson's point of view, uh, uh, off the bench uh, gunslinger to guarding your position so the Jazz can advance in the playoffs consistently, not uh, every few years. And in order to do that, Gordy, you have to be engaged, right? And, Committed. And, and, yeah, you have to be, yeah, to do that. And I like what you said there about you can't, you can't, when, when a player makes a move, you can't go to the initial place. You have to anticipate almost like a quarterback throwing to a receiver. He doesn't throw where he is. He throws where he's going to be. And also to show and add to that, so defensively, the deep backs and the safety in the, in the NFL is that they're going to read the, 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 the quarterback's eyes and they're going to read all the nuances. So and Jake and Gordon, you, it's, it's so much as deception, the nuances are playing your position and that the more you play it at a high level, the more you're able to, uh, uh, at that split second, literally a millimeter of a second, that you decide it's only a deception versus real. 
and that's when you break to the ball or you stay in coverage or you stay in your stance, you stay at home. There's so many factors of being a winning defensive player, and that's what we call being a defensive playmaker. We often talk about offensive side of the ball where you make plays, dribble penetration, kick it out, a lot pass to the rim to Rudy Gobert type people. But what you want to do defensively is be a playmaker also, and that's what being an early help, being in a stance, footwork, quickness, early eyes, all the, it's not one thing, it's everything, and do it consistently and do it in the big stage. And that, I give the Bucks so much credit right now because they have absolutely, they're engaged and they're committed defensively as a group. We call that Jake and Gordon, help the helper. If I give help in the game, then you're going to help me and cover up. We might, um, we might not switch. We might switch based on the coverage. But most of all is we're going to help the helper. It's a winning mandate. So what does Phoenix need to do to now win a couple games straight? Okay, they, Jake, they, so the question for Phoenix Suns right now is that they've got to play incredible physical defense without fouling. Now, Giannis in the open court, he's a hard guy to level up. I would not switch DeAndre Ayton on, on Giannis. If we're going to play switch defense to Phoenix Suns, Jake, I'm going to keep it more. I'm going to, we're going to switch one through four, but not, the, uh, not DeAndre Aiden. He can't do it physically. It's not his fault. Most people, big guys, they can guard the paint and guard the rim, but they have a more difficult time of guarding out on perimeter on a live ball dribbler. And Giannis is the best guy in the world. Uh, almost, you can make a discussion. Who's better, Giannis or uh, LeBron James? Open floor. It's like an, it's like a lo- locomotive coming at you with full speed. But Giannis is doing more on the half court. So they've got to the, less switching defense, be more physical, and that they've got to get the secondary players more involved to score the ball. So in the last game, it was Devin Booker with a great performance, back-to-back 40-point games. Chris Paul great, great played great. Only one turnover. I had a, I had a 11 assists, but they need now Jay Crowder, Mikel Bridges, Cameron Payne, and uh, Cameron Johnson to really outplay, outfight, uh, out-tough, and somewhat outscore the other player. In other words, Pat Connaughton's outplaying dramatically right now Cameron Johnson and Torrey Craig. From the Suns' point of view, they have to flip that switch and dominate that position to win by one or two on the road. Gordy, we uh, earlier in the show, we played a sound, a sound from uh, Giannis talking about his attitude about uh, playing in the moment, not looking in the past, not looking toward the future. Uh, and it was just a fantastic perspective. If you haven't heard that or watched it on the video uh, online, you should check that out, Gordy. I think you would appreciate it. Because he said, he said, ego is what's happened in the past, if you dwell on that. And he said, pride is what you think about in the future. He said, in the middle is the present, and there you find humility. I, I, I could almost hear that coming out of your mouth, Gordy. I mean, it really is a mature attitude, and he plays like it. Yes, he does. And playing in the moment means that you, you forecast not future greatness or what happened in the past, all the, all the times that the Bucks in the last two years that unfortunately had some uh, failure in the playoffs. What it does for you is that when you lose in the playoffs, you get so much more toughness internally as a group where you, you, you never want that to happen again. This is the Bucks we speak right now. Now, the pride factor will be 
all the accolades later on in your career, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when you're making history. People don't realize that in the uh, NBA playoffs, especially in the finals, it's history making. That forever you're, you're defined by that, by the, by, the, by the moment. And I always talk about this all the time about in the playoffs and also in the finals, a, a phenomenon happens. You either get exposure or you get exposed. And for Giannis right now, he's, he's getting absolutely exposure. He, he was always a great, great player, but now that we're viewing him as what? A great leader. Drew Holiday, Jake, was always what? First, second team defense the last three years. Now we're talking about what? Quote, the steal. And Chris Milton was an all-star the last two years, but now we're talking about him being what? An elite two-way player. Good for them. Good for the Bucks. Gordy, before you get to your list, uh, what advice would you give Giannis about his free throw troubles? Is that be more fluid. In other words, uh, he, he takes too many bounces. You know what I mean? Really. When you, uh, I would recommend taking the most ever two to four bounces. Because when, when you get to the foul line, and I, I've coached guys that were, you know, uh, some, unfortunately some shaky foul shooters, and how we improved that was, was less bounces. Less bounces because then when you have less bounces that you're able to what, go more into the rhythm of shooting versus the bounce, the, the, the too many bounces, they dominate what? Your initial form. So that's what I would do. You know all the mechanics, you know, tucking the elbow, look at the rim, you know, we call toe-heel action where your, your toe should be on the ground, heel should be up at the release point. These are all fundamentals that every coach in the history of basketball teaches at every level. So it's so much as the mental, but I would recommend less bounces. Coach, hit us with your list this week. And, Gordon, one time in a playoff game, Olden Polonies, let's say it was a shaky foul shooter, Let's say that he, uh, he had a hard time uh, listening, if you get my drift. <laughs> so one time he banked a foul shot in the game and yelled over to me, Gordy, I did that on purpose. I, mean, I, did, that, uh, that was a, uh, I did that on purpose to bank that shot. Really? Really? Meaning what? He banked it going in by, by luck. He banked a foul shot in a, in a playoff game. Interesting. Here's my list, Jake. All right. My list today is the, in honor of Drew Holiday, quote, getting... The new wave, steal, Jake. All-time NBA playoff career steal leaders. The top ten all-time career NBA steal leaders. And you know, Jake, thievery is legal in basketball. It's legal, it thievery. Is. How do you do it? Early eyes, anticipation, and active hands. All right, number ten, greatest steal leader in playoff history, Manu Ginobili. I love this guy. He had 292 steals. Number nine, great player, Hall of Fame, Mo Cheeks, 295 steals. Number eight, he was a, one of the all-time great shooters, but also he stole the ball, meaning what? Two-way player, Larry Bird, 296. Number seven, he, coach, he coaches right now in the NBA, the uh, Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd, 302. Number six, one of the all-time greats, we, we, we lost him way too early, about two years ago now, Kobe Bryant, 310. Number five, I had the privilege of coach this guy for 16 years. John Stockton had 338 steals, putting him fifth all-time. Number four, he did this with a smile. Magic Johnson stole the ball 358 times. Number three, Michael Jordan stole the ball in playoff uh, action 376. 
Number two, his, his trusted sidekick, who is an incredible defensive player, Scottie Pittman, stole the ball 395 times in playoffs. And the number one ever steal leader in the history of playoff basketball is Le- LeBron James with 454 steals in 266 playoff games, which he averaged 1.7 steals per game. Then you're going to say right now, what about Carl Malone? Carl's high also. Carl's 15th in the NBA all-time steal leader with 258, which is amazing because he's a big guy. And people forget, you know, how great Carl was as far as stealing the ball. So the Jazz have two players in the top all-time and the top 15. Thus, Jake and Gordon, that's my steal leader. And Jake, stealing is legal. Well, LeBron certainly tried to steal all the attention in game number five, but I don't oh, think with he the, was... With the, with the jam, with yeah, the movie? he was not, not successful, I don't think. So, Jake, <laughs> the question is, will you go to the movie to see it, that movie? No, no, absolutely not. Jake, come on, that's so no. un-American. Not American to not go to Space Jam? No, I Jake, don't. Jake, that's so un-American. I'm not to see it, none whatsoever. Jake, you used to like Bugs Bunny. I, I do, I do like Bugs Bunny, but I feel like... No, I have a lot of opinions on this, Coach, but I don't think I'm going to see... Uh, I, you know what? I'll go back and watch some old Looney Tunes reruns. I'll see where I can find those streaming. I like it. I'll, get my, I'll get my fix there. Well said. Right. You're saying only Bugs is... He's the only one worth watching? No, I just don't like the concept of reheating something just to capitalize on the parents' warm feelings about the original. You know what I mean? It just feels like... I don't know. All right, so Jake, so you don't like any sequels, you're saying? I really don't. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, of sequels or, or remakes like 20 years later. Jake, so you're saying that you don't like any of the Godfather uh, trilogies and Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, etc. Uh, Coach, the Godfather 2 was the greatest sequel of all time and amazing, but the Godfather 3 was not terrific. Not terrific at all. Jake, it's very interesting your life. <laughs> I know, I know. I, well, Coach, I, I have the same problem with all these, like, uh, you know, they're taking all the animated classics and remaking them, right. you know, the new versions. I just, it's just not my thing. Yeah, Jake, it's called digital. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I, I prefer the original, Coach. You know, my well, Now my you're sounding memories. all old school. Though. I know, I know. I'm, I'm me. What can I say? No, you're not me. No, no, you mean you're you're voicing your opinion, but also what Gordon's saying is that you're you're really you, Jake. You're really a young person and old head. Exactly. Well, Coach, uh, a movie. I, I love the movie Coming to America. Right. That's a, right. a, a wonderful movie. Hilarious. I have fond memories watching right. it. But they did a remake of it. I had no interest in seeing because they're just going to ruin my warm feeling about the original. I can respect that. All right. All right. I just thought get I'd off my it. lawn. I thought I explained it. That's all. Yeah. That's all, Coach. I'm not trying to be un-American. I'm really not. Jake, American Pie is the playoffs. Jake, American Pie. <laughs> Coach, you are the best. Thank you very much for jumping on, as always. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Stay well. Our friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa. Coach is obviously going to go see it. Plus, I heard Austin's review of it, and I didn't come away enthused. I'm not too. No. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going down that road. And plus, you know what? My four-year-old isn't quite at the, the Looney Tunes age, so maybe it's easy for me to say. I don't know. I, I know a lot of kids were, were uh, on their parents' case to see it. So Well, it's, it, it knocked Black Widow out of the number one spot as far as box office went in that first weekend. So there's people that want to see it. But I, I think it's going to go downhill quick. But Coach asked me if I was going to watch it. I'm not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll pass on that one. Exactly. Yeah. So, bah humbug. Uh, that's where we're <laughs> giving that movie uh, from Gordon and I. Well, you hear the movie zone.
Four Gordon thumbs and me. down. Four thumbs down. And we haven't even seen it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll have more coming up next. Uh, stay tuned. A couple of interesting stories out there. Um, uh, one from uh, the Olympics that I want to get to at some point. Uh, stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.